is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Hope everybody's feeling good, uh, having themselves a good day as they listen to this. Uh, I personally am coming off of a, a pretty fantastic three-day weekend. Uh, got a bunch of miscellaneous stuff done. Uh, make me feel uh, productive in my, my hobbies and interests. Uh, got to see a bunch of the family. Um, and generally had a good time. So hopefully that, that applies to everyone listening as well. Um, thought of a, uh, a topic, or, or story rather, uh, to tell in this, this particular episode. Uh, something I haven't uh, really thought about or, or I think talked about on the podcast uh, before, so I figured I'd break that out for you. Um, as most of my stories tend to have uh, some sort of uh, you know preface or disclaimer, this, this one is no different and should be clear to everyone right up front that um, the topic for today is not, uh, not suitable for open listening uh, in the sense that it is... Uh, you know, not safe for work, uh, has some adult themes uh, of a somewhat sexual nature, and is probably not suitable for, for young people. Um, so with that in mind, if you need to take a moment to, uh, you know, mute or put in headphones or, or you know, kick kick the young people out of the room with you or, or what have you, or just hit stop um, and save this for later, uh, consider this your warning. Because uh, this one's a little one I like to call, um, did I ever tell you about the Honduran prostitutes? Uh, um, and let me be real clear at the gate here. Uh, at no point did I engage in anything with uh, any prostitutes, Honduran or otherwise. Um, but, um, you know, they, they, do, they do play a role in this story. Um, which we will get to shortly. Um, yeah, in the Navy, I, I did not get much action in that, that regard. Um, in fact, none. Um, I got, uh, I got married between boot camp or I'm sorry, between a school and going to my first duty station, uh, which was in Puerto Rico. Um, when I was in Puerto Rico, the first time, um, the first wife, caught a plane, came down and stayed, stayed in a hotel on base. Um, you know, and we did, uh, you know, had some marital relations there. Um, and then again, the following home port. Uh, but that's when she split. And the whole time I was in Okinawa, the following home port, the whole time I was in Norfolk and then Honduras and then home port, um, I did not get any until I was out of the Navy, um, and in Florida for quite some time as memory serves. Um, so a lot of times you hear, you know, the stories of the, the folks in the service, um, it seems the Navy in particular about, you know, the sailors hitting foreign ports and, and doing their thing. Uh, I was not that guy. I was too busy, um, being a, uh, a dork largely, um, you know, too much time playing Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, being a scrawny, pale punk dude to uh, really draw much interest from the ladies or really pursue that very well. Um, I imagine the rampant bipolarness probably keyed into that pretty well also, but uh, yeah, nothing happened uh, while I was in the Navy. Um, which isn't to say that I didn't encounter some situations, um, and, uh, and stuff like that. So that's, 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 that's the context here. Just, just so no one gets any, you know, crazy ideas right out the gate. Oh gosh, Todd, what are you doing? Uh, I wasn't really doing anything, uh, is, is how that boils down. So to get back to the main thrust of the story, um, pun absolutely not intended, um, 
like I've said before, uh, at one point in my, my Navy uh, times there, uh, we were emergency redeployed to Honduras. Uh, they just got hit by a, a pretty serious hurricane uh, that kind of wrecked their joint. And uh, as CBs, as construction type folk, uh, we were deployed for humanitarian purposes to you know help them rebuild bridges and roads and, and such and you know, kind of get them get them back on their feet um and lived out of a tent and was you know eating rations for months on end and you know it was generally unfun um near the tail end of it um you know things started to stabilize there locally um in terms of it not being a complete disaster area um and we were allowed to go out, uh, you know, off base, uh, for Liberty, you know, go, go into town and, you know, try and stay out of trouble, but have a, you know, a good time sort of a deal. Um, and, um, we had to go in groups, uh, you know, they didn't want us, us down there flying solo, um, which was a good policy. I can understand the logic there and can get behind it. And I don't think I would have necessarily went, uh, went into a foreign town just by myself, regardless. <laughs> it just seems like a not good idea. So it was one of the first or second times, uh, that we went into town. Um, and it was me, um, I don't want to use real names just in case this becomes a thing, but I think if I go with generic enough first names, that'll work. Um, a guy named Adam who was, uh, like me, part of the, the you know, the, the little sub-detail that got sent off to a, a sort of secondary location. There were probably, I don't know, two dozen of us that were sort of split off from the main body and sent to sent to this, this one work site slash town whose name I don't recall right off the top of my head. Um, he was also an engineering aide like myself. Um, good guy, a uh, little naive, but, but you know, good people. Um, Adam and I, and then there was a, a dude who's, whose actual name I honestly can't remember, um, but insisted that we refer to him as little brother. Um, who was a cool guy, he, he, equipment operator, I think, um, I didn't know him that well, um, you know, I knew of him, I was friendly to him, but it's not like we were, you know, the best of buddies, but we got along fine, um, he and Adam were, 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 were friends, I think they may have gone to, gone to A school together or something, they had some, some sort of past connection, um, but when we went out of town, it was the three of us, um, and, uh, at the time we were staying not in tents. We were in a, uh, a block building on a Honduran army post. Um, and we shared that with the, uh, the, the Honduran army folk, obviously. Um, and there was our detail from the CBs and I believe there was also a, uh, a subunit from, uh, a Marine battalion that was there, uh, for similar purposes, um, you know, to help build stuff, and, uh, like, from our end, we, from the, from the CB side, we were just, uh, you know, the workers, we had, there was, they gave us, like, a, you know, a block building to sleep in with bunk beds, and, you know, had, had, uh, restrooms in it, and that, that's about it, uh, the, the Marines had more going on, on the base logistically, like, like when we went to get meals, uh, the Marines had like a chow, you know, a mess tent set up, um, and some stuff like that. So, uh, we, we kind of, you know, intermingled with the Marines and, you know, again, it's not, I don't, I, I didn't make any, you know, lifelong friendships, but you know, I came, came to know a few of them and, you know, could recognize them by sight and, you know, knew a couple of their names, and, you know, we're, we're generally friendly. Um, with some of the Marines, and, uh, when it finally came time for them to let us, you know, okay, you guys are done working for the day, go back to the thing, clean up, and you guys can go into town for a couple hours, um, 
it was the Marines who ran the the Humvee, uh, you know, and the, the trucks that would go between the base and the town and back, you know, sort of provide the bus service for that. Um, so, I feel like this story takes place um, not the first time out, because uh, the first time out was like on a Saturday during the day, um, and we, you know, mission one was get some civilian clothes, because we weren't allowed to take civilian clothes with us when we redeployed, it was just your uniforms and your essentials, um, and they really don't like you going out on, on the town in your, in your in your fatigues, in your uniform. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure at one point I knew why. Uh, but generally speaking, the Marines and the Navy do not encourage people going into town in their working uniforms. Um, the Air Force and the Army don't seem to really care. Um, but at least at that time, if you're in the Navy or the Marines, it's like, yeah, you should not be wearing your BDUs uh, out in the town. That was uh, not just frowned upon, upon, I believe it was like, you know, officially, you are not allowed to do this. Um, but the first time we were allowed to go out and buy some civilian clothes so that we wouldn't have to do it again in the future. Um, and that, the, the context of this story is not that trip because we, we hopped off the, we hopped off the Hummer. Um, and I remember being in jeans. Um, so this is probably second or third time out. Um, and you know, we, 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 you know, we, get done for the day and, you know, go home, get cleaned up and change into, you know, civilian clothes and, you know, hop on this truck or Humvee, whatever, doesn't not important to the story. Um, it drives us into town. Um, and so, <coughs> pardon me, it's a, uh, it was a decent sized town. Um, city'd probably be pushing it, but it wasn't like a village either. Like they had, you know, decent buildings and, you know, uh, a downtown, like department store and a pizza hut and all kinds of stuff. Like it was, it was pretty all right. Uh, it wasn't a, you know, vast metropolis, but it, it had enough, enough stuff in it to be interesting. Um, and where they dropped us off, there was sort of like a town square, uh, which was, you know, like a, a big, you know, square, flat grass garden area with, you know, trees and flowers along the edges with, uh, you know, a little walkway around it with, you know, benches and such. It was very pretty. It was very nice. Um, and, and very easily recognizable as sort of, you know, the central portion, you know, of the town. Um, an easy sort of benchmark to, you know, anchor yourself to and get your, get your bearings and know where to come back to at the appropriate time so you can catch the, catch the truck back to, back to base. Um, and like I said, we, we shared this you know, the transport with some of the Marines and there were a couple of Marines that, uh, you know, we, we knew and were, were friendly with on there. And, uh, you know, we get off, we get, we get off, hop off the thing. We're standing there and, you know, it's, it's, it's a town. It's a new town. It's not on base, which was, you know, kind of a big deal for us because we'd spent, I want to say the previous at least two or three months with the, you know, wake up in the morning, get dressed, eat, go to this work site, work in the blazing sun, hauling rocks, um, to, to build things for this bridge thing, you know, until like five or six, uh, as I mentioned in this sweltering heat and the blaze of the sun, um, you know, hop on a truck, go back to the camp, get washed up, have food, and then sit in the barracks for the rest of the time. Like we didn't get to do anything. So, you know, even if this town was lame as hell by normal standards, um, it wasn't the inside of the barracks, you know, playing solitaire again, kind of a thing. Um, you know, and so we're kind of just like, hmm, wonder what there is to do around here. Uh, and there's, you know, one of the, the Marine, one of the Marines is sitting there and he, he he's like, yeah, there's this guy around the corner there that, that's, you know, that, that's hooking, hooking servicemen up with, with, with local ladies. And I'm like, okay, um, that's interesting. Um, cause I guess for a little additional context, um, you know, when they were sending us off to, to, you know, in all the pre-deployment briefs that we got, um, 
you know, outside of the, you know, standard, this is why we're going, because they just got wrecked by, you know, a hurricane, um, you know, and the standard, you know, here's, here's how this is going to be, you're going to live in a tent, and you're not allowed to go out, and, you know, this is, this is our mission, and, you know, the standard stuff, you know, when it comes to, you know, sort of the regional specific sort of briefing portion, the, here's things to look out for, here's, here's ways it's different than it is back home, things to, you know, do differently or, or be aware of, um, there were two things that were hit on pretty heavily, um, and kind of, in, you know, ingrained into our, our minds. One is that, you know, for the duration, we were going to be taking, you know, anti-malarial pills because, you know, the, depending on where you were in the country, the, um, the standards may not have been that great to begin with, um, in terms of, you know, hygiene and plumbing, etc. Um, but they also just got nuked by a hurricane. And so, you know, things tend to get, you know, um, contaminated and or gross under those circumstances. Um, you know, and didn't want us all getting malaria. So they're like, you know, you're gonna be taking these pills forever. You know, make, do, do not drink the water. Uh, you know, we will get plenty of, you know, bottled water for you and, you know, otherwise, you know, provide safe drinking water. Do not just, you know, don't, don't drink out of the tap and for God's sakes, don't drip, don't drink out of the river. Um, I got to see that up close and personal and, and for real, uh, on my own, because like I said, we were, we were helping them rebuild a bridge, uh, on a river and I, you know, on a daily basis, I would see folks go down to the river to, you know, to do their laundry. Cool. Um, and to bathe. Um, and all the time, just go down to the river and pop a squat to, to take care of their, you know, the evacuation of wastes, uh, right there into the river. Um, <coughs> so yeah, I imagine, you know, funk and disease could potentially be a problem there, um, because I kind of saw them contributing to it in, in many ways, um, but yeah, the whole malaria thing was item number one on the list of, hey, well, things to watch out for while you're in this, you know, this new country for you, uh, and item number two was, um, yeah, the, the, um, sexually transmitted disease rate in this country is ridiculously high, um, we're not planning to let you go out and, and on the town in any case, because we got a job to do. But if for whatever reason you end up in that situation, do not, uh, do not engage with the locals, um, because there's a whole lot of AIDS and, and so on and so forth happening here. Um, and they, they, they pressed that issue pretty hard upon us. Um, and so, you know, to hear that, you know, some local dude is, is hooking up service folks with, uh, you know, with local young ladies who's like, oh, that's interesting and fun, but I have zero interest in this. Um, and I'm not really sure why, what, what the point is, but okay. Um, cause yeah, I, you know, I'm not saying anything about them as people or anything about the character of any given, you know, lady that I might have met. Um, but you know, I was not there to, to find a girlfriend or, or wife and, you know, or long lasting platonic friend. And so that kind of leaves one last thought for, you know, the minds of most military men when it comes to hooking up with a member of the opposite sex. And that was just flat out off the table, uh, given the, um, given the risk factors, let's say. Um, but you know, uh, for whatever reason, um, Adam and little brother were all very keenly interested in this. Um, and I was like, you know, sure. Okay. I'm not interested in finding a local lady for myself, but we're, we're, you know, the three of us are a team on this little outing. It's not like I can say, no, you guys have fun. I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, and besides, I thought it might be interesting. So, 
you know, we, we sure, we were walking around the, uh, the square there and we get approached by, um, you know, a local, local gentleman, um, who, you know, speaks, speaks really, really good English, like, like fluent English, um, which is surprising. Um, not, not many, very few folks that we ran into in Honduras. Um, some of them spoke some English, um, but this guy was, this guy was, was fluent. Like he, he had a little bit of an accent, but he, he, other than that, he, he, he spoke really well. Um, noteworthily well. Um, and he's like, Hey fellas, how you doing? And I'm like, Oh, we're doing well. We're doing good. How are you? You know? Um, cause I will say this, uh, about our group. Um, his little brother was just kind of quiet. Like he kind of kept to himself Had had, had sort of a serious demeanor, but not, you know, like just, just was quiet, kind of laconic. Um, I was fairly, I was somewhat similar, like around in, in, in a lot of cases, unless I had something to say, I didn't say something. Uh, it wasn't so much because, you know, I was, I'm a quiet person, but eh, most of these people don't really speak my language and I don't speak theirs. So you know, there's no point in my saying much, um, <laughs> cause that's not going to work out well anyway. So I'm just going to kind of hang back. Um, whereas Adam was, was quite the, um, I, I'm, I'm not really sure how to, how to pro, pro he was very, uh, very polite, very, um, very outgoing, I suppose. Um, he was like the, 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 the boy scout, the ambassador of the group. Uh, you know, this guy walks up, Hey fellas, how are you doing? And I'm kind of like, kind of nod my head and brother just kind of, you know, doesn't say anything. And I was like, Oh, we're doing fine. How are you? Like he was just very, very engaged, um, with this person and, and, you know, pretty much with everybody we encountered, which is a good, a good thing. You know, he was, he, like I said, he was friendly. Um, but you know, he's like, hey, hey how you doing? I'm like, oh, we're good. He's like, oh, and this guy starts, starts talking to us and telling a story. And, and again, this happened in, uh, would have been like 98 probably. So this, this, this story is like over 20 years old and I haven't thought about it for a while. So I can't begin to rattle off, you know, what this guy's saying, you know, verbatim. Um, but the, the, the tone, the, the, the general context of it all has definitely stuck with me. Um, namely because of the things that sort of stuck out to me, uh, almost immediately. Uh, you know, so like, it, like I said, it was noteworthy how, how well he spoke the language. Um, to which he almost immediately started to explain why that was, even though none of us had commented on it or asked. Like he's like, hey fellas, how you doing? What are you, it's good to have you around. You know, hey, I'm you know I'm 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 here locally, and and you know the reason why I speak English so well, like kind of that thing. Um, I'm always a little leery whenever anyone offers up information before they're asked, um, particularly if you're a stranger. Like if you're like I don't know you from anything, and you're 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 starting to kick off your backstory and you're starting to justify things that I didn't ask you about, it, 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 the word justify definitely comes into play. It's like, okay, you're trying to convince me of a thing and I never, <laughs> I maybe wouldn't have been as suspicious if you weren't trying so hard to convince me, that sort of a thing. Um, you know, and he goes to explain to us that, you know, he, he, he actually, you know, the reason he speaks English so well and the reason why he, you know, likes coming into town to, to visit with, you know, the, the, the servicemen is that, you know, he actually spent time in, in the United States army. Um, which I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, and then he opens up, you know, he pulls, he, he pulls out a piece of paper and shows, he's like, see here, look, here's my, you know, my discharge form. Uh, and again, red lights start going off. I'm like, no one asked to see your discharge. Like, okay, you said you're in the army. Cool. We all kind of nodded and smiled and took you at face value. Uh, the fact that you're then showing us proof makes it, makes it sketchy to me, but okay, whatever. That's fine. I, I don't really care. You were in the army or you weren't whatever. 
you're, you're friendly and, you know, we're in broad daylight in the middle of the square. Like, whatever. Cool. Good deal, dude. Um, you know, and so because of his, you know, previous service and his kinship with other servicemen, uh, you know, he, he explains that, you know, he, he likes to, you know, while you guys are in and uh, have some time off, you know, he, he knows a lot, a lot of the locals and he knows that, you know, servicemen, you know, would, would like to, you know, meet some, some, some lady types and, and he, he can help make that happen. And again, I'm like, you can do that or not. I don't care. That's not what I'm here for. And that's not a direction I'm heading anyway. Um, but Adam and little brother are, 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 you know, apparently keen on this idea. And I go, oh, oh, what? Really? Cool. Um, and he's like, yeah, they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, I, I know where, where they, they hang out and I can, I can go and, you know, I can introduce you, you know, uh, if you, you know, and he's like, do you guys speak Spanish? And, you know, Adam says yes. Um, and of the three of us, he's the better, better speaking of us, but he's still a little, um, let's say high school level, uh, of proficiency, um. I kind of look at him like, nah, I know a few words, but nothing. And, and I, I don't think that uh, little brother knew anything uh, Spanish-wise. Um, he's like, oh, well, that's fine. I can, I can, you know, act as a translator, you know, etc. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, so you're going to take us to meet some ladies um, that we probably shouldn't have any kind of sex with. Um and that we don't share a language with. Boy, that's going to be a fun date. Um, but whatever, fellas, let's, you know, we're, we're in town, we're in a group, there's three of us and one of him, and, you know, if he starts to do some, oh, come down this dark alley shenanigans, you know, I will speak up. But until then, I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. This should be entertaining. Um, and it was. So, you know, he starts, he starts walking us, you know, down downtown, and it's, you know, Sort of the main drag, you know. There are all sorts of towns and shop, or, or you know, shops and, and stores and stuff, uh, restaurants and whatnot. Like I said, they had like a Pizza Hut, they had like a couple department stores, you know, miscellaneous stuff. It, it, it was kind of like going through a small town anywhere in the states, except it was you know in Honduras and everything was you know in Spanish, um, you know. It was surreal in that we were down there to help them recover from a hurricane, and this section of town didn't look like it even got touched by a hurricane, but yet 30 minutes to the, I don't know, let's say east, stuff was just nuked from the hurricane. Like, it was like, this is the part of town that they built properly, knowing that hurricanes can happen, uh, and the other part was not, because um, this place seemed, you know, untouched, uh, you know. Um, and at that time I'd not lived in a place that gets hurricanes very often. Like this was obviously pre living nearly a, a decade in Florida where that happens. Um, you know, having lived there, it's like, depends where you are. Like there, it is possible for you to get hit by a hurricane and for there to be sections of town that don't really seem like they got all that, that bad. Um, especially if it's like four months after the hurricane hit, you know, some places recover quicker. Anywho, we're going through town. It's, you know, it's fine. It's all good. You know, we're just walking down the street. You know, we occasionally see other folks, uh, either from our unit or from the Marines or whatever, and they're, they're walking around. Um, you know, and the whole time this guy's like talking to us, he's like, you know, yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, I, I, you know, enjoyed my time in and I just like to be, you know, friendly. And, you know, when I got out, I came down here and I, you know, I have, I have a couple of businesses, you know. I've, you know, I'm doing pretty well for myself, you know, I'm, I'm doing well for money, he's like, and again, in another, no one asked you, dude, he whips out his wallet and, and shows, you know, a big old stack of multicolored bills in the local currency, he's like, see, I've got all kinds of money, I don't need money, and I'm like, anytime anyone says, I got money, I don't need money, they're pretty much there to get your money, like, that's, that's, that's how life works, um, People who don't need your money don't tell you they don't need your money. Um, they just don't need it, and so it doesn't come up, and it's a non-issue. Um, anytime anyone says, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not here for your money," I immediately check to make sure my wallet is in place because that's just that's just shady. That that's not it's not right. 
And I'm like, okay, cool. So I think I start to see the, uh, start to connect the dots on this one. Um, but Adam and little brother are just along for, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go have a swell time with some, some local ladies. Um, you know, we'll have a, a soda pop and, and look in each other's eyes and maybe hold hands. I don't know what they were hoping for, but they're like, let's go meet these girls. Um, and so we're walking, you know, down to, uh, down the street and you go down a certain way to the, like kind of to the end of the road. And then it, you know, hooks to the right. It, it just makes a right turn and there's more road, there's more town, uh, but it's sort of the end of this particular road. Um, and we knew from previous jaunts into town that at the corner of this road is what I will generously refer to as a strip club. Um, you know, I, I knew that it existed. I'd pop my head in to see what that was about. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into the details there, um, here in a moment. Uh, but we knew that this, this, you know, as we were walking, we knew that was coming up on the side and I kind of expected that that's where this dude was taking us. Like he's like the, you know, the, the strip club promoter. Um, and that's where he was kind of leading us to. And I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. I, you know, he's taking us to a place that I know exists. I know the general layout of what that is. The, the, the risk factor here is low. Sure. Let's walk along with this guy. Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, there's a certain part of me that thought, well, as long as he's wasting his time on me, who knows what the hell he's up to. <coughs> he's probably not, you know, pulling some young sucker who doesn't understand things, uh, into a path of ruin, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take this one for the team because it's not, you know, it's fine. Um, and so we get down to, you know, the, 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 the strip club place. Um, and, you know, we can see in here that some of our, our compatriots are, are, you know, inside this establishment, um, and we're like, oh, hey, the fellas, hey, um, we're, we're going to pop in here real quick and say hi to these guys and, you know, see what's going on. Um, as you do when you run into somebody that you know and you want to go, hey, man, how's it going? What's up? What are you into? Oh, this is cool. You know, whatever. Um, just sort of check in. Well, you know, dude was not real interested in that. Um, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to go in there. You know, that's not really my thing. I, I, I know where they're, you know, lady, you don't need to waste your time in here. I can, you know, introduce you to, you know, actual girls who will, you know, talk to you and, and, and you know, and stuff. Um, and so we're like, no, that's, that's cool. And we appreciate that. But we're going to hop in here and say hi real quick, you know, and we're not going to hang out and stay. We're just going to go and say hi, and you know, we'll come out. And so, you know, if you're cool, you want to come in with us, you can hang outside, you know, we'll, we'll be back out in a minute. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait out here. Um, which again, it struck me odd that he wasn't interested in coming inside at all. That, that sort of seemed odd. Um, except in the context of what I thought was probably trying to happen at his hand, uh, in which case it makes sense. Um, cause I just figured this guy's a pimp like that. Like, like there's nothing he's said specifically to imply that, but all the little pieces are adding up. Oh, you're taking us to meet women. Oh, you don't want our money, which to me means you want our money. Oh, you won't go into this strip club. Cause that's probably like, you know, the, the opposition for you. Like, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Um, and, uh, so we go in and, um, how, how does one describe a, a, a Honduran strip club? And I guess, let me be clear. This is a depiction of a strip club that was in Honduras. I don't know if this is representative of all of the strip clubs, you know, in that, that fine nation. Um, and, and I certainly hope that nothing I've said in this story thus far or that I intend to tell in the story. None of this is meant to besmirch Honduras. Honduras is a wonderful, wonderful country. Uh, you know, had it not been for the circumstances that I was there, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it much more. Um, 
so, you know, I hope no one reads anything, you know, too subtexty and any of my, you know, Honduran comments, because it's not meant, you know, as any slight against them. Um, that disclaimer aside, I'm trying to think of a, a good way to describe the, the strip club situation there, because it, it is definitely, um, different than any previous experiences. Um, and as I'm now getting pretty close to work and want to try and figure out the best way to describe this, uh, we'll take a quick pause and, uh, sell you something. And I'm back. Um, so apparently having a three-day weekend and having a good time on the three-day weekend generally equates to, ah, so your Tuesday is also your Monday and there's twice as much to do and everyone is going to, you know, make you suffer for having a good time. Uh, cause that's how that went for me. Um, it's like an hour later than I'd normally be leaving, but it's all good. Uh, you know, I, I'd blame karma if I believed in such a thing, but it is what it is and I'm out now and it's all good. And we're back to the show. Um, quick side note before I pick back up on the story, um, that I'd meant to mention earlier and had forgotten to. Um, Abby listens to a lot of true crime podcasts, and she tells me about them, and it's interesting. Um, not necessarily my jam, not something I, I am into listening to a lot of, but I enjoy it vicariously through her. It works out well. Um, and there have been several times when we're out, you know, talking about stuff um, where these crimes have involved... I'm just going to go ahead and say what I've been saying, and that's prostitutes. And apparently that is not... Um, not accepted vernacular at this, at this stage, um, for which I apologize, uh, old habits die hard and you know, that's a weak ass apology and I, I got nothing else. Like that's, you know, what they've been referred to, you know, when you're trying to refer to them kindly my whole life and that paradigm has changed and I, I'm, I'm trying to do better at that. Um, Apparently, if I'm remembering correctly, the proper term is sex workers. Uh, and the rationale I was given that calling them, you know, prostitutes has a inherent negative connotation, whereas sex workers doesn't. I'm not sure I understand that, which is not to say that I disagree. It's just saying that it's not clear to me why there's a distinction when you're describing the same thing in sort of the same way, just slightly different terms. But I, I'm not looking to disparage anybody. So um, I'll try to stick to sex workers as opposed to prostitutes for the remainder of, of the story. Um, I'm not sure if that term is also what I'm supposed to use in regards to not saying strippers, which is where the tale goes next. Um, so I will just say ladies who are taking their clothes off and, and, and call it good because someone who's just taking their clothes off is not really having the sex and therefore is not a sex worker. So to me, in my brain, that doesn't make sense to call them sex workers. Um, but I don't know. I don't travel in those circles. I haven't personally been to a strip club in 15, 20 years. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really intersect with that. But at the same time, I'm not looking to, you know upset or offend anyone or disparage anyone's lifestyle, um, either. So we'll, we'll just try and keep the terms as friendly as I can. Cause again, everybody's doing what they're doing to, be, to the best of their ability to, to make ends meet, to put food on the table. And I'm not, I'm not trying to slam anybody. Um, but we were discussing you know, the trip through the Honduran town whose name I still forget and did not think to look up while I was at work today. Um, and we just come to the end of the street, uh, where it, it takes a sharp turn to the right. And on that end there, there is a, a strip club. So, um, I, again, I don't know if this, what I'm about to describe is representative of all of those types of establishments in in the region, or if it's just the way this particular place was set up, or what. Um, but here here is the layout for for said 
um, strip club. You, you walk inside and it's, it's kind of one big open area. Um, there is a little bar off to, you know, the, the right side as you enter and there's a bunch of folding chairs, you know, sitting around. Um, there may have been crappy little tables interspersed. Um, and there were, uh, cause there were probably, you know, to sit your drink or, you know, they had ashtrays and so forth. Um, and in the far left-hand corner of the room, and when I say room, we're talking 30 foot by 30 foot max. Um, you know, there's like a, a eight to 10 foot square. You can't see me making air quotes stage in the far left-hand corner. And I, I'm making those air quotes because the, the, the performance area is maybe six inches off the ground. Like it's, it's not like on any kind of high level. Um, and there were, if memory serves two poles, you know, that go floor to ceiling, um, of the, you know, apparently brass variety, like you would generally expect. Um, and behind them, on the wall, there are televisions, uh, directly behind and on the left-hand wall. Um, of the 1980s big screen TV-wise, so like not like the, the flat screen plasmas or LEDs like we have nowadays. If you were alive in the 80s and you knew somebody with a big screen TV, we're talking about, you know, the big weighs a ton has that weird screen on the front of it that has sort of a weird lenticular magnifying glass effect to it. Uh, that's got like a weird CRT thing behind it or projection unit. I don't know how old big screen TVs worked. They were just vastly different from what we know today. Um, this is some, you know, dated tech even for, uh, this would have been like 1997, 98. Um, but dated tech even for them. Um, and we'll get back to the televisions here in a minute. Um, so you go in, there's there's no cover. You just walk in and it's basically like a bar that happens to have things happening in the left-hand quadrant of the room. Um, the first thing that you notice is that it is well lit. Um, they've got, you know, like drop ceiling and overhead fluorescent lights. Um, the type that have sort of the, the, the clear plastic over the, the light, so you can still see the bulbs on them, but you know, it, you know there, there's some level covering there. And every other one in sort of a checkerboard pattern appear to have been you know, like painted, not so much black, but like a dark purple with like a paintbrush. Like you can see the brush strokes. Um, it's like somebody was trying, like, oh, I've seen black lights and they glow purple. So I'll just, you know, paint over this plastic covering for the fluorescent lights with this purple. That should give us the same effect, right? Um, hint, it does not. But, you know, the, the half that weren't painted over purple are lit. Like, it's like going into, you know, an office space or a grocery store or whatever with this fluorescent lighting. Um in the evening in a bar that is supposed to be a strip joint, which is, is something that is immediately not normal for any of my previous, you know, experiences in said, said type of facilities. Um, the other thing that you immediately notice, and we'll, we'll get, and this is getting back to those televisions. Um, the TVs are both showing like, the, like they had one VCR plugged into both TVs. So it's not like they were alternating. It was the same feed on both of them. Um, some of the most ridiculous, low-quality, B-grade, raunchy, like late 60s, early 70s porno in the back. Um, just like, just, just playing. Just, you know, in the background. Um... And I'm not going to get into details as to what it was. I mean, it wasn't anything too freaky or kinky, but it was, you know, full. It was people taking care of the business, um, you know, on the screens. Um, there's music playing, um, notably like American 
sort of rock and roll, classic rock, country, sort of a, a blend. Um, I'm not sure if it was, you know, somebody's actual playlist or if they're just like, oh, this is, this is music that, you know, people play in these places, so we'll just grab stuff at random and, and, and play them. I don't think it was the radio. Um, but it was a, it was a very eclectic mix. Um, that was not necessarily the kind of music you would associate with, uh, erotic dancing. Uh, you know, normally that's, you know, some, got, got a certain rhythm to it and a certain, you know, pump you up, you know, energy to it. This was like, you know, it, it, like weird music that you wouldn't think would be appropriate for, you know, erotic dancing, like not the right rhythm, not the right tempo, just weird, but this music is playing. Um, and there are three phases to the erotic dancing per performer. I, we, we would come to find out. Phase one is with the lights on. Um, she, she comes out from the back and gets up on the stage and she's wearing like, like short shorts, like, like tight spandex, like super short shorts. Um, and like a, like a t-shirt that's, you know, maybe a little, little cling, little clingy. Um, and she gets up there and, and just kind of just sort of dances. It's hard, it's hard to describe, you know, I'm with words. Um, the thing that people do, like, when they're at a dance or, like, a, a, a wedding or something where they're not out on the floor dancing, they're kind of on the edge where people are dancing and they're just kind of standing there and they're just kind of swaying their hips and shaking their shoulders a little bit and just kind of, you know, just that, that super subtle groove of, yeah, I'm starting to feel the music. I'll, I'll, I'm working my way up to, to busting some moves. Just give me a minute with my drink here and I'll, I'll get there that kind of dancing for the entirety of a song in, in broad daylight or, you know, in, in stark fluorescent light, which is probably even worse now that I think of it. And it's that, that is the dance for, for phase one of erotic dancing, uh, in this, this establishment. Uh, the song ends, phase two comes around and, um, half the lights sort of, sort of, sort of dim. And when I say half, I mean half of the quote black lights and half of the normal lights go out. So it's dimmer, but the same type situation. Um, another song that is generally not well suited to, to this type of dance comes on and she ups it a little bit. There's a little bit of, you know, arm motion, a little bit of, you know, extra kicks with the legs, whatever, but like not, not anything you've typically associated with uh, stripping, if you've ever seen, you know, television or movies that have involved that type of activity, and certainly not if you've ever, you know, been present at one of these establishments. Uh, it's like, okay, for the entirety of a song, this sort of half-hearted, eh, I'm gonna kind of move around a little bit more than I was a minute ago thing. Um, and then we, you know, the song ends and we go to phase three, where they turn off all of the normal lights and leave the, quote, black lights, unquote, turned on. At which point, I think one of the guys in the group literally said, ooh, naughty time. Um, at which, and it's at this point, I'm sorry, during phase two, she takes off the shirt. And there's a bra underneath. Um, it's not until phase three where any actual nudity takes place, and that involves removing the bra. And maybe ramps up the dancing a little bit more, um, which is fine. That's, you know, if that's how it is around here, that's their culture. That's, that's, you know, weird by what I'm accustomed to or had been accustomed to, but whatever, it's fine. Um, you know, I'm only here because my friends are, and I, you know, whatever, like, I'm not really here for this anyway. I'm just sort of observing what's going on. Be like, hmm, this is different. Uh, the other thing I will say that is the biggest difference is that, um, they were not, I'm not going to say they weren't doing it for the money because it was their job, obviously, but normally when you are the client of one of these 
facilities. You stand up by the dancers with, you know, dollars in your hands, you know, cash money, and you wave it around, and she does a little dance, and she comes over to you, and you, you know, takes the money, or you put it in her garter belt, or whatever, um, and this is what we're all used to, and I'm, I guess I should mention that this, this strip club is filled with nothing but, you know, CDs and Marines, like, there are no locals in here, except the, the dancers, and the, the guy tending bar, um, and we all know how this works. Like, you go to a strip club, you, you have a bunch of singles, and you hold them up there, and, you know, you, you tip. That, that's that's how this works. Um, these ladies were looking at us like, what what are you doing? What, this, how, why are you shaking money at me? This is, this is weird. Like, they seemed a combination of confused and, like, offended by it. Um... Which, maybe that's not the custom there. Maybe they thought we were trying to, you know, buy something extra, which was not, you know, what we're doing. It's just that's that's what we're accustomed to doing in those situations. And they were just not having it. Like, um, you know, and luckily everybody there was not, like, being forceful or, like, trying to, like, force the money on them or whatever. It's just, like, after a couple of, you know, three-round sequences of a couple of dancers, everybody's like, okay, I guess they don't do that here. I guess we should just put this money away. Um, and, you know whatever, it was weird, um, so we finished that, you know, that, like I said, we're there for a minute or two, seeing all this go down, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna move on, um, we go outside, and, and dude is out there waiting for us, he's like, see, I told you, you know, here, let me take you to where, you know, the real action is, I'm like, okay, and so we go down the road a little bit further, and, um, you, you hang a left, and there's another, like, open space, it's not nearly as, as well kept and, and, you know, landscaped and, and manicured as the, the town square, but it's a, it's a wide open space and, you know, there, there are a bunch of like houses around it and up down the one end, you can hear the music and the music is like the thumping bass and, you know, drum track of, you know, some, some hip hop, some dance, some techno stuff. Like that's a dance club cool. I, they're, you know, neon outside. I forget the name of it. It's not really important, but very easily identifiable as this is, this is, you know, the hot spot. We're like, oh, cool. And we start, you know, we assume that's where this guy's taking us. And so we start veering that way. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. It's, it's over this way. And you turn 180 degrees from that. And there are these, like, there's this house. And I think the best descriptor that I could have for this house is picture a frat house at like a third tier college. Um, and that's what it was like, it, you know, a, a, a crappy house, the big porch that had like three second or third hand couches laid out on it. Like the various parts of the house are painted different colors and it's all like peeling off and weird. <coughs> And there's all these people just hanging out with, you know, red solo cups and, you know, smoking cigarettes and God knows what else just all over the place. Like it looked like, you know, some sort of frat party <coughs> minus the Greek letters, um, whatever. We're like, okay. And he's like, I'm gonna go inside and, and, you know, find some people, you know, you can come in if you want. And we're like, we're going to hang here for a minute if that's okay. He's like, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll go in. I'll come back. So he goes into the house and we're sitting there and I'm kind of like looking at the folks and all of the dudes seem to be local dudes and they all, they all look like they're trying to be really low profile, not shady per se, but just like, they're not doing anything to really draw attention to themselves. <coughs> and generally speaking, they're all paired up one-to-one -one basis with with some, some, some lady types and invariably all of the lady types are in like skin tight spandex or, or crop tops or whatever. It's like someone said, Hey, <coughs> have you ever seen any television or, or movies from the eighties where they have portrayed, uh, sex workers, uh, ladies of the night, etc." Um, that should be your wardrobe for this event. Um, and they, they, they stuck to the dress code. 
And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, this pretty much confirms what I what I what I've been thinking this whole time. This is this is this is like a setup, and it's good that we didn't go in, and we're not going in. Um, and <clears throat> I'm looking at at Adam and little brother, and kind of like. Yeah, I think we should maybe not do this. You know, if you guys want to go check out this club, maybe we can do that. But I don't know. I'm not into going into this. This this seems a little sketchy. Um, and they're like, oh, okay. And we start walking over towards the towards the club. And next thing we know, dude, you know, our 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 friend, Mister Happy Hookup, comes out and he's like, oh, friends, friends, where are you going? And we're like, yeah, we're not feeling that. We're gonna go over here. And he's like, no, no, I've got it all arranged. And we're like, arranged, okay. And he's like, so it's this much. And I can't remember how much it was. It was in local currency. And I don't remember what that translates to American. Like, I don't, it, I can't remember it. It was not an exorbitant figure. Um, nor was it, oh, wow, that's disgustingly cheap. It was, it, it, you know, seemed appropriate. He's like, it's this, you know, it's this much. And I don't want anything, you know, from you guys. All I ask is that you pitch in, you know, for for a girl for me. And there's a hotel down the road we can go to. Um, you know, the, the the rooms cost this much, which was a ridiculously low rate. Again, I don't remember the figure. I just remember it being, whoa, that is super cheap hotel. We know what that's about. Um, and he's like, it's this much for the girl. It's this much for the hotel. You know, you, you do, you know, it's what you like. Um, I don't ask, want any money. I just want you all to, you know, pitch in for a girl and a hotel for me. And I'm like, eh, that's an interesting arrangement. Um, that's novel. Not heard about an arrangement like that for, you know, the, the pimp to get his take that way. But okay. And Adam looks at him and's like, like just confused, like flabbergasted. Like he doesn't understand what's being explained to him. And... I'm looking at him like, dude, do you seriously not get it? And he, he doesn't. And he, and I look at the guy and I'm like, thank you, sir. We're good. We're not interested in going that route. Appreciate you. Thank you for your time. We're, we're going to head out. Um, and dude's like, okay. And like, I think he got it. That's like, okay, this is not, you know, target audience. And he didn't make a stink. He just kind of, you know, slunk back into the house. Um, and, like before dude was even out of earshot he looks at me he's like the, the they're prostitutes and it was the most hilarious thing ever because it's like really dude how did you not see this coming um it was it was it was fun it was good times um like i said we did not engage on that level um then or ever um but i i will never forget the look on his face and, and the way he busted out with with that line um, and the subsequent, you know, Mr. Happy Hookup turning around, because he clearly heard him exclaim this, and turned around and looked and was like, had this look like on his face of, well, yeah, you dumbass, where did you think I was taking you? Uh, it, was, it was good times. Um, you know, um, and that's pretty much where the story ends. Like, we ended up not going into the club, like, they were, he, he was so crestfallen that he'd been duped on that level. He was just not interested. And I think it was also getting a little later in the evening and we were going to have to head back. Uh, so we just kind of wandered the town, um, you know, and didn't really do much of anything. And then, you know, it was good to be off base and we got, went back and slept well. Um, you know, it was good times. Um, you know, and the next time, I think it was the next time we were out in town, um, I think was, was one of the infamous dates uh, that I refer to in a previous podcast, uh, where those two guys had, you know, found quote unquote girlfriends and how horribly all that went. Um, but that, that pretty much ends this story. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you found that enjoyable, um, and entertaining. Um, you know, as always, if you have questions, concerns, comments, etc., uh, you know, reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to hear what you've got going on. If you've got, you know, something you want me to talk about, hit me up, let me know. Um, and until next time, um, thanks for, thanks for joining in and I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, 
You can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast. 